Our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. The Premium Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin-safe technology. You can get this trimmer inside their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Reserver and the Crop Reviver. Plus, for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC20. 15, 15. A top power speed source leaves with an injury while another slugger goes unnoticed in fantasy circles. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. I have but, not had uh, three cold brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Tuesday, September 8th. I'm Al Melker. I am here with Michael Beller. And uh, unfortunately, it's the usual drill here, Michael. We're going to start off with a bunch of injury news, and this one uh, may may hurt uh, hurt more than the player who's injured. Jose Ramirez has uh, actually been dealing with a thumb injury for a few weeks, according to MLB's uh, MLB.com's Mandy Bell, and uh, apparently got to him enough that he had to leave Tuesday's game against the Royals early with that uh, thumb injury. So. Uh, you know, if nothing else, uh, we can take this as an opportunity to kind of look at Jose Ramirez's season because we're going to have to wait for more information to see if he's out and what the fancy impacts uh, of that may be. But um, Ramirez really just selling out for power. And I mean, he's giving you the stolen bases too, so I don't mean to, uh, to cast dispersions on his, his fantasy game, but striking out a lot more uh, than he has in the past. Uh, he's pulling the ball, lots of fly balls, uh, but paying off in, in terms of a lot of power. And the fact that he's he's playing through this thumb injury, it's not showing. He's 11 for his last 37 with four home runs during that 10-game span. So if this is a day-to-day thing, um, do we just keep him, uh, keep him locked and loaded in our lineups? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you got to cross your fingers and hope that it's only that. But with what he's giving you, uh, you just got to uh, – you can't really – you know, bet on the thumb acting up and try to play away from it. Uh, you're just going to have to see exactly what it is, right? There's uh, there's really nothing to say here beyond that. You've uh, If he plays for the Indians, he plays for you. It really is as simple as that with a guy of his caliber. Yeah, <laughs> well put, well put. Uh, Tasker Hernandez is not playing for the Blue Jays. Uh, discussed him on Monday's show briefly. Uh, as expected, Blue Jays have placed Hernandez on the injured list with an oblique injury. So uh, I had thought this weekend about maybe trying to pick up Derek Fisher. But the one thing that I've I've always been interested in Fisher for is power. He's really not providing any so far this year. He's yet to hit a home run. He's batting just 250, but a 387 on base percentage. So there's something there. And you know, that, that that power potential, I think, hasn't completely gone away. So where should we be looking to pick up Derek Fisher? I think he's pretty rosterable in 15-team mixers across the board. The power potential's there, as you said. You can get on base quite a bit. So there's enough here to buy into at least a tryout sort of opportunity with a fantasy team. Teoscar doesn't seem like he's going to be coming back anytime soon. So let's see what Derek Fisher's got for you. I could definitely see picking him up 
keeping him on the roster for a week, 10 days, seeing what he does. If it doesn't work out, you let him go. If it does work out, you're happy. Definitely enough here to give him the shot in 15-team mixers. All right. And uh, an update on another item that we discussed on the Monday show. Uh, at that point, all we really knew about Jason Hayward was that he had to uh, leave the Cubs game early. He said he wasn't feeling well. Uh, it turns out the symptoms were some lightheadedness. Um, and uh, he uh, had some tests and um, apparently feeling better as of Monday morning, which is great to hear. But uh, Hayward will still undergo more, more tests on Tuesday. So at minimum, this looks like a day to day situation for um, for Jason Hayward. Uh, Alex Bregman is scheduled to return on uh, Tuesday, according to Dusty Baker. So good news there. And um, a debut, We the, the pace of the debuts, they've slowed down a little bit, Michael, but we do have one for the Padres. Jorge Onya uh, debuted against the Rockies uh, on Monday. He was the DH. He batted seventh. Now, that was against Kyle Freeland, the lefty. So maybe he settles into uh, a DH platoon. But uh, on Monday night, we had uh, news of Eric Hosmer leaving with an apparent hand injury. Um on a, a bunt attempt, a bunt attempt, excuse me. So does that maybe open the door for a little bit more of a, a role for, uh, for Onya? I mean, I would think so. I think we have to assume that that would be the case. Obviously we'll see how serious this issue is with Hosmer, but uh, if he does end up needing to miss some time, go on the IL, anything like that, then you would have to think that Onya is going to be someone who ends up getting um, a lot of uh, playing time, who ends up getting a lot of that Hosmer playing time uh, thrown his way. As we've said a few times on this show, you don't bring up your prospects in this 2020 season if you do not plan on getting them some serious run, or at least enough run that they right away show up on the fantasy radar. All it takes is a, a call-up and a little bit of an open door for playing time, and he might have that right now. So I'm not rushing to my waiver wire or anything like that just yet, but if Hosmer does end up needing to go on the IL, I could see growing after him in 15-team mixers for sure. Yeah, and uh, definitely anything deeper than that, I think you can go and pick him up now, regardless of the uh, the Hosmer situation. Uh, so we've got yet another closer situation that's getting a little more intriguing. We have some standout performances to talk about. Before we get to all that, though, we just have a quick message from one of our sponsors. Well, Michael, um, you know, there's always a closer situation to talk about, whether it's an actual change being made or just an incumbent closer running into a rough patch. And I'd say the latest one in that latter category would be Brandon Kinsler, who blew a save on Sunday and then another one on Monday for the Marlins. Uh, so that's two blown saves on uh, two consecutive days. And this one intrigues me. You know, there wasn't really any reason before this weekend to think that Brandon Kinsler's job is in trouble, and maybe there still isn't a reason. But if you look at the array of closers that are out there, the 30 closers slash closer tandems that are out there, Kinsler is about as contact-friendly as any closer in oh, the yeah. major leagues right now. So kind of a slim margin for error and I've been kind of waiting for this situation to happen where he struggles uh, in consecutive games. Uh, so what's your take on this one? Do you think that um, this is the time now to maybe speculate on uh, a potential replacement? Uh, is there a potential replacement that's that's worth rostering at this point? 
I mean, I would think that Brad Boxberger would be the guy who would get that job, right? A uh, guy who uh, has had some significant success saving previously in his career, closing previously. 41 saves back in 2015 with the Rays, 32 saves in 2018 with the Diamondbacks. This is a guy who has had some success in the ninth inning and has been a guy who can miss a ton of bats. Not quite the strikeout pitcher he used to be, but he does have 11 strikeouts in 12 innings this season, which is way more than you're going to see out of Brandon Kinsler. So (laughs) I do think that he would be the guy, and Miami's in this thing. I mean, Miami really is a legitimate playoff contender in the context of what 2020 looks like. So I don't think they have a ton of time to be patient with Kinsler if he does continue to struggle. So I could see going after Boxberger this weekend, you know, maybe being the person who's aggressive on him preemptively because he could find his way into that ninth inning role for this team. If Kinsler, I mean, if Kinsler struggles, let's say he struggles one of his next two outings, either the next one or two outings from now, I think they have to consider making a change no matter how good he's been to this point, because when you are as contact friendly as he is, it just doesn't seem like a great recipe for success in that ninth inning role. Well, and it was Boxberger that came in in the eighth against the uh, the Braves on Monday, uh, scoreless eighth, uh, I should mention. And he's got a 138 ERA, so the performance has, has been there. Um, you know, the thing is, he is a former closer because he has a flawed profile, like sure. most relievers do, <laughs> except for right. the very, very best. Um, but... You know, I would have to wonder, too, if part of the reason that he got that assignment on Monday is because uh, on Sunday, Yemi Garcia pitched two innings. And Garcia's arguably been their best uh, their best reliever so far. So I wonder if this is a little bit analogous to the Seattle situation where you've got Hirano, who's got you know the, the pro- proven closer tag on him, but you've got another reliever who's turned out to be very much in that mix in Johan Ramirez, who has a really intriguing, although somewhat flawed profile, much like Yimmy Garcia, too. I would be a little bit more excited about Yimmy Garcia getting that role if he were a little younger. You know, 30 years old, uh, so it's not like he is some up-and-coming flamethrower, 23 years old, with uh, all this great stuff and is potentially going to be the closer of the future for this team. I'd feel a little bit better about him if that were the case. I think he has, at least you can make an argument, he's been this team's best reliever at this point. But again, Boxberger's been good. I mean, as you said, 1.38 ERA, the whip is living down at 115. I mean, he's been good, too. So I think that that combination of the experience plus the fact that it's not like he's been some dog this year is going to give him the leg up on that ninth inning role. That's just my speculation. All right. Yeah. And you know, that's all we could do at this point is speculate since I'm sort of inventing a, a closer uh, a closer drama here <laughs> that uh, maybe doesn't even exist in real life. Um, let's talk about some standout performances from uh, Monday's games. Rowdy Telez keeps on hitting. He doubled, uh, is now batting 291 uh, for the Blue Jays and barely owned, even in uh, shallower leagues on ESPN and Yahoo, uh, not much ownership there. And um, now, I guess not a stand-up performer, but I'm going to lump him in because of the common first base eligibility. But Paul Goldschmidt, very interesting profile this year, cut, cutting his uh, strikeout rate way down, uh, as Telez has too. Both of them have cut their rates just about in half. Uh, but unlike Telez, Goldschmidt, not really very much power, just four home runs so far this year. But with that lower strikeout rate, uh, with uh, two hits added, uh, on Monday, his batting average is now up to 324. So, first question with Telez is, um, you know, he you could be picking you can pick him up almost in any sort of mixed league. How shallow do you go? 
I mean, with the way he's hitting, I'm very surprised he's not more owned, just like you, Al. I would go, I think, across the board. I don't think there's anything, any league too shallow to own him at this point. I mean, he's hitting near 300. He's hitting for a ton of power. He's in that lineup basically every single day. I don't think there's any format where he shouldn't be owned. I think that if he went by Ryan Telez, his actual name, instead of Rowdy, do you think he'd be more owned? Do you think people just see the Rowdy and like don't take it fully seriously? Because... <laughs> That's like, I mean, that's that's silly, and I'm making a joke. But what what's the what's the explanation for why no one is getting him right now? I mean, every, he's checking every single box at the plate. I think he should be owned across the board, Al. Isn't Scooter Jeanette also a Ryan? Is he really? I don't I, I don't know so. that. But man, bad bad day for Ryan's if that's the case. People are choosing to be called yeah. Rowdy and Scooter over Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't understand that. I understand that even less than I understand uh, Telez being. Uh, completely unrostered. So uh, mysteries to be solved there. And as far as Goldschmidt goes, um, you know, now that we're at the stage of the season where you really have to focus on categorical needs, if you're fine with batting average, is there really any reason to be starting Paul Goldschmidt at this point? I mean, he's still doing so much for you there. And it's not, I mean, he's not hitting for the power that we're used to seeing from him, but he's still driving in runs. He's still scoring runs himself. uh, And he's, doing basically everything else. So I, I would still be starting him. Yes, I mean, I understand what you're getting at, but I would say maybe more that's a that's an argument to trade Paul Goldschmidt than a reason to not start Paul Goldschmidt. And just for the record, I know he's only got four homers, but I saw that last homer. I was watching the game live against the Cubs, ball he put out onto Waveland. And, I mean, the power's still there when he connects. I can tell you that for sure. I saw that with my own eyes. Well, and, you know, part of, what I think supports that approach too is that again we, we haven't played that much. We haven't played you and I haven't played at all. But <laughs> they have not been playing <laughs> for all right. that long. So this you know this power slump could could be washed out in a full season. Exactly. So need to keep that in mind as well. And let's uh, pivot to some pitching performances uh, on Monday. We we had a pitchers duel between um, Zach Gallon and Kevin Gosman, and it looked like Zach Gallon was going to get the better of that. But um, he wound up giving uh, giving up four runs and leaving after five innings. Uh, and Gosman, meanwhile, lifted after six with just one run on two hits and three walks with nine strikeouts. So an excellent start for Kevin Gosman. Uh, Gallon's ERA is now a bloated 2.29. Um, so the, the question I have about Gallon is... If you go by the ERA versus the ERA estimators, it's sort of the difference between him being a potential ace and being maybe more like a low end to high end number three starter. He's coming into the start was 15th among starters in roto value. So, um, you know, looking ahead and I think this is now we can start to do this a little bit. 2021, uh, which do you trust more? I'm going to trust the actual ERA. I mean, this is a guy who has come into the majors at a young age and had two really successful seasons. I think there are more blind spots in the estimators than people want to admit. And at the end of the day, he has found a way to be very successful in getting major league hitters out. So I'm going to lean a little bit more on that than the estimators. And the estimators are great. They certainly have their place. They should be something that we talk about both in the real-life game and in the fantasy game. But I'm not going to overthink it when a guy uh, has basically go- is going to be going into 2020, <laughs> into 2021 with eight excellent months of pitching. I'm going to trust that over any sort of ERA estimator. All right. And as far as Gosman goes, well, G. McCaffrey wrote him up in his latest column. So that's going to be our featured read for the day. Stockwatch, 
the Gary Sanchez quag- quagmire, embracing Kevin Gosman and more. That's from Gene McCaffrey in The Athletic. And um, by the way, embracing Kevin Gosman, not really a great idea during a pandemic, but um, I know he means that figuratively. Of course. Anyway, on that uh, on that note, <laughs> uh, that's going to be all for this uh, episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're listening to this podcast that allows you to leave a rating and or a review, we always do appreciate it when you do that. And um, that's going to be it for me and Michael Beller. So for Michael, uh, we will be right back here on Fantasy Baseball in 15 on Wednesday. Mm-hmm.